Hi everyone, welcome to Life After Love Gone Wrong. We're Sandra Fava and Catherine Nunziata, two family law attorneys from Fox Rothschild, an AmLaw 100 firm with offices all over the country, in New Jersey and beyond. We are here to ask and answer the tough questions about family law topics like divorce, custody, prenups, and all sorts of other family law issues which may come up in your life that you need to be informed about. We recognize that if you are involved with a family law issue, your life doesn't begin or end with the law. We are bringing you this Legal Lifestyle Podcast to answer your questions about a difficult process while helping you live your life to the fullest along the way. Family law matters are no laughing matter, but we hope to bring some levity, transparency, and dare I say, fun to these difficult topics. We hope you enjoy this podcast designed to help you through life after love gone wrong. Hi everyone, welcome back and thanks for tuning in to the Life After Love Gone Wrong podcast. Today we're talking about your most precious asset in a divorce, your children. Some divorces become acrimonious over money, but there is nothing more valuable than ensuring the safety and well-being of your children. In a perfect world, you and your spouse are in agreement about what is in your children's best interests when it comes to custody and parenting time. The harsh reality is that for many families, this is not the case. For some people, this might be the root cause of the divorce. If you have a spouse who has a substance abuse problem or anger issues, or has made some questionable parenting decisions in the past, this may be the very reason you are getting divorced. If your spouse does not accept these flaws and wants to fight you for custody, you can end up in a long and expensive custody battle. For others, they end up in a custody battle because one or both parents let the emotionality of the divorce take over and they end up using custody as a weapon to get back at the other parent or as leverage in other aspects of the divorce. Even more unfortunate, some people use custody to manipulate their child support obligations. To the extent a custody battle can be avoided, it is always easier on the parents to come to some arrangement and move on. Unfortunately. That isn't possible for all families going through a divorce, and if you're facing this situation, we are here to answer your questions. Okay, so let's go through some basics. I think everyone is familiar with the term custody, but it's a little bit more nuanced than that and not always easy to understand. In New Jersey, there are two components to custody, legal custody and residential custody, which is also sometimes called physical custody. Legal custody is the authority to make decisions related to your child's upbringing. When you have legal custody, you get a say in where your child goes to school, whether they grow up with religion, which religion that is, and how they get medical care. If you have joint legal custody with your spouse, you have to share the decision-making power when it comes to major life events. We can tell you from experience that it is exceptionally rare for a court to take away legal custody from a parent even if residential custody is imbalanced or one-sided. The public policy favors both parents being involved in a child's life and having a say in major decisions. Unless your spouse is severely unfit, and we're talking felons and severe drug addicts, in all likelihood you will share legal custody with your spouse after a divorce. Physical or residential custody is less black and white. In New Jersey, you can have sole custody or shared custody with your spouse. 
In most cases, one parent is designated the parent of primary residence as the parent who exercises more parenting time than the other. In the legal system, this is often abbreviated to PPR. The other parent is designated as the parent of alternate residence, or PAR. In cases in which the parents exercise equal parenting time, there may or may not be a designation of PPR and PAR. People still throw around the phrase visitation, but it had a negative connotation, so now the courts are using the term parenting time to signify that one parent is not of lesser status than the other just because they enjoy less time with their children. So in the context of custody and parenting time, these are the phrases you'll hear the lawyers and judges use when discussing these issues. In a best case scenario, you and your spouse can come to an agreement on legal and residential custody. You'll have to decide who is PPR, what the regular parenting time schedule will be, and also set up a holiday and vacation schedule. Your custody and parenting time plan should also address how information related to the children is exchanged, how and when you should communicate with each other about issues related to the children, and how to deal with emergencies. A well put together custody plan will address most of the contingencies and what ifs that can be anticipated. It should be your instruction manual for how to co-parent with your spouse after a divorce. Practically speaking though, a lot of people can't agree to this and need the court to make a determination on custody. The court is reluctant to do this without the assistance of a custody expert to provide a recommendation to the court after evaluating the family and the best interests of the children. Custody experts are forensic psychologists who specialize in custody and child psychology. Where custody is that big of an issue in your case, an expert with specific credentials in this field is often necessary to resolve the issues. So sometimes, hiring an expert is helpful in that it will bring the parties closer to settling the issue. For example, if mom and dad have opposite ideas about custody, and an evaluator comes in and issues a recommendation, the parents know that the court will look to this recommendation in making its decision on custody. Knowing the relevance and weight of the expert's recommendations may prompt the parties to come to the table with settlement proposals that are closer in line to what the expert recommends. There's also some flexibility in how to hire a custody expert. These evaluations can become expensive, as the expert will interview both parents and the children multiple times, as well as do psychological testing and talk to collateral contacts of the parties to render their opinion. The fees for an expert can be money well spent if it narrows the issues or facilitates a settlement and avoids the cost of having a trial. If funds are limited though, you can consider hiring a joint expert instead of you and your spouse hiring your own individual experts. And it's important to know that you're not locked into using a joint expert. We just handled a case where our client did not like the recommendation of the joint expert. So he hired his own expert afterwards because he felt like the joint expert missed a lot of information, which should have led to a different outcome. But regardless of whether you have a joint expert or an individual expert, it's crucial to remember that the evaluator is, is an expert hired to determine the best interests of the child, not the best interests of the parent paying the bill. So even an individually retained expert will conduct an unbiased evaluation keeping the best interests of the child at the center of the inquiry. Okay, so assuming you have to hire an expert, it's really important to know the best practices for dealing with one. The custody expert holds a lot of power to make a recommendation about and influence the custody arrangement of your children, 
so it's important to make a good impression. You want to give the expert the same deference you give to the judge when you're in court. They're equally important in making decisions in your case when it comes to your family. The first step in this process is that the expert will set up an initial appointment. This meeting will probably feel like a hybrid of a job interview and a therapy session. You want to be on time and dress neatly and conservatively for the appointment. You want to be honest with the evaluator, even if the questions are difficult to answer or bring up tough stuff. The evaluator will fact check your responses and may even perform psychological testing, which is designed to detect untruthfulness and defensiveness. It is better to be upfront and honest. But at the same time, you want to pay careful attention to what is being asked. Try not to go off on a tangent. Sometimes the evaluator will ask you for documentation to back up what you've said, depending on what is discussed in your interview. You should provide that information as soon as possible after your appointment. But even if the evaluator doesn't ask for documents, you can provide anything that you want the evaluator to review. Yes, and you should consult with your lawyers about what information will be helpful for the expert to review. Text messages or emails between the parents about parenting are a common example. But you have to be careful because what I like to call text message tone can be misread. We try to err on the side of caution here. So sometimes, if a heated text or email makes you look bad, we don't provide it to the evaluator, even if it makes the other parent look worse. This next tip can be hard, but it's so important not to speak badly about the other parent unless you are asked a specific question about what you perceive to be a problem with your spouse's parental abilities. The goal is to have both parents involved as much as possible considering the children's best interests. So if it looks like you have an inability to co-parent with your spouse, this will reflect negatively on you, not the other parent. And you will probably meet with the evaluator multiple times. The process can take some time. You have to exercise control and refrain from bothering the evaluator with phone calls or emails asking for updates. A common complaint from experts that we work with regularly is that the parties get impatient with the process and start bugging them for completed reports or asking how much time the evaluation will take. It's always in your best interest to be on the evaluator's good side and not to become a pest. The evaluator will ask you for collateral contacts or people in your life who you'd like the evaluator to speak with about your capabilities and fitness as a parent. Most people select family members who know them well and have a close relationship with the family. The people you select must be able to speak to your relationship with your child. You don't want to bombard the expert with 20 names, so strategically picking your best collateral contacts will be helpful. It is also helpful to have non-family members who can't be perceived as biased because they're family, who can speak to your abilities as a parent. Babysitters, daycare providers, coaches, etc. are all good candidates. And speaking of other people, what if you have a new spouse or a partner in the picture? Should you get them involved in the process? Well, that depends. The last thing you want is a perception that you are trying to replace your spouse with a new parent for your child. New spouses or partners also have a tendency to talk smack about your ex, which may reflect poorly on you. We had a case where our client encouraged her son to call her new husband dad, and our judge got very upset by that, stressing that it was important for the child to preserve titles like mom and dad for his biological parents. While our client was trying to integrate her family, it totally backfired by looking like she wanted to cut her son's father out of his life. On the other hand, when you have a new spouse or a longtime partner, their presence in your child's life is undeniable. If this person has daily contact with your child, 
the evaluator will almost definitely want to speak with them. This is something you should discuss with your attorney because it depends on the unique circumstances of your family. One of the last pieces to most custody evaluations is a home visit where the expert can observe you and your child interact in a natural setting. Sometimes they just do this with an office visit instead of coming to your home, but honestly it depends on where you live and whether your quote home life is questioned by the other parent. Either way, it is unavoidable that your child will meet the expert. Hopefully this is the only involvement your child has with the actual divorce case or custody battle, but it's important to prepare your child so that they know what to expect. How you handle this will depend on how old your child is. Regardless of age, the most important thing is not to coach your child on what to say. This is easy for the evaluators to spot, and it will probably be held against you. Okay, this episode was short and sweet, but that makes it no less important of a topic. The top three takeaways from this episode are, number one, try to work custody out with your spouse amicably. It is much more desirable than having a custody dispute. But if you really need to protect your children and their best interests are at risk, you have to talk to your lawyer about getting a custody evaluation performed. Number two, treat the evaluator with the same deference as you would a judge. Respect their time, be courteous, and be honest. And number three, Save the trash talk about your spouse for dinner with your friends. It will never make you look good to speak poorly about the other parent to a custody evaluator. They are looking to maximize time with both parents and want to see good co-parenting. Remember that a custody evaluation is not a character attack on your spouse. It's an inquiry into what is best for your children. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Life After Love Gone Wrong. If you want to hear more or have a topic that you'd like us to address, please email us at Life After Love Podcast at foxrothschild.com. Next time, we'll have a special guest on our show to give us the step parent perspective on divorce and blended families. Please tune in. Until then, we're Sandra and Catherine here to help you through Life After Love Gone Wrong. <laughs>